When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Won't Back Down with Will Levinson, Jake Lehman, and Sam Potosa. What's up, everyone? We're back here on the Won't Back Down podcast. The three of us are actually in studio for the first time in whoever knows how long. Over a month. And breaking news, Urban Meyer is being inducted into the UF Hall of Fame. I'm just kidding. It's April <laughs> Fools. It's April 1st. It's Friday. Welcome back to the Won't Back Down podcast. As I alluded to, we are back in studio for the first time, all three of us together since I think like Seriously. the first week of March. Well, bef- no, 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 I think before spring break. <laughs> yeah, I mean, because we had we had the Galpern episode. We did have the Galpern. And episode. And we had the Edelman, yeah. and, and then we had the one with just me and Will. But yeah, the, the yeah, no, the two no. of you in here together. It's the been team's back. a while. It's been quite the month. It's March, hell of a month, best month of the year. We sleep in May. But, yeah, I'm glad we're back, and we only have so much time left at school. But we're putting together a jam-packed episode for you guys today. Luckily, we got Big Will Levinson. He's working the track meet today, but we got him out of his busy schedule because we've been alluding to this all season. We have Zach Albaverde of On3, formerly the Gainesville Sun. He's going to be coming on shortly, talk spring ball, talk life, talk his journey. Well, you know, all fun stuff. But first, we'll do our little thing here. First, Jake Lehman, got anything to tell us? I'm just ready to talk about football again. I feel like uh, we've been a little all over the place, but today's a football-centric episode. You know, spring practice is halfway through already. It kind of feels like that flew by. Yeah, But I know. Uh, the spring game sneaking up thir- next Thursday night. Yeah, I mean, and Billy Napier made some revealing comments yesterday when he said, Very, we, we yeah. are really banged up right now. He, he said the University of Florida is going to be aggressive in the transfer portal. He said we only have a first and second team. We don't have enough guys to field a third team. And at tight end, we have Dante Sanders, the defensive end, running snaps at tight end because we're so thin. Gage Wilcox had to medically retire, which I, we don't have many details about that. Maybe Zach will tell us something about that. but Probably not, and that's okay. But, uh, but yeah. uh, Rocco Underwood, our, our long snapper, apparently even caught a pass. That's how thin we are at that position. But Yeah, I mean, luckily this is only spring ball, but it's definitely concerning that they're all getting hurt right away. Like, Yeah, I mean, I mean obviously, you know, Injuries happen, and when you recruit at a level where where that's, you know, when, when you prepare for that, then you're you're able to plug guys in. But obviously, the cupboard at many positions is more bare than we would like. So yeah, we got it. We got to get players. And uh, Sam has some allergies. Big Will, any anything before we uh, call no, no, luckily, Mr. Mo- l- luckily my allergies have um have leveled off a bit. I've been taking this uh, prescription medicine. It's been really helping me. So I, I'll get Sam on that as well as he blows his nose once again. I've been at this track and field meet all morning and is consuming my brain. I have to write a story about it, so I don't really know much to say about Florida football at the moment. Um, I, I think still I'm most intrigued with the quarterbacks, and I'm excited to see them perform in the spring game and see how they work with this, uh, you know, very um, – What's the word? Just very, very simplistic offense at the moment, as far as playbooks concerned, and what they're yeah. going to show in the spring game. So, looking forward to that. Looking forward to the spring game as always, and some more spring practices. As I, well. I'd like to clarify that I don't think it's really my allergies. I think I, my sinuses are just messed up at this point. 
Like, I woke up this morning and I just could not breathe out of my right now. You got yourself a gun. Yeah, I got myself. Yes, that too. But I just legitimately cannot breathe. And then before I go to bed, can't breathe. Got to spray. It. It's just go it's see a doctor. Go I'm, see I'm a thinking doctor. about it. Doctor Lehman, you know, maybe. Yeah. We've got busy. Doctor Lehman, maybe actually. Yeah, maybe squeeze me in the schedule there. But we got busy schedules. I mean, mm-hmm. getting as you can see, just getting us all three here in the same room was a struggle in itself. I mean, you think I got time for a fucking allergy doctor? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Plus, we're going away next weekend. And, oh yeah, we're going, we're going to be on the road. Expect podcast a different day than Friday. Or we'll no podcast at all. Who nah, knows? I, I want it. We should record. Um, all right, let's get to it, huh? Yeah, I guess we can get to it. Zach is on the road. I think he's got a busy day today with his daughter going to Disney on ice, so that'll be fun for him. I hope he answers. <laughs> That'd be really awkward. Yeah. Hey. Hey. Zach, what's going on, man? Go on going on not much we got all three of us uh in the welcome studio. to world back down what's up zach what's going on fellas not much i mean we're just excited for the spring game we're getting excited for gators football we just miss football i mean basketball has been the talk of the town recently but we're, we're really getting excited we're itching almost mm-hmm. no i hear you guys man yeah. it's nice that we uh get a little bit more access now to the team too yeah well, absolutely yeah so i guess um just tell us a little bit about that you know We'll get into, you know, more X's and O's stuff later on, but tell us a little bit from the journalist perspective, what, you know, what feels different so far, um, you know, from your perspective about the new staff and their approach to everything? You know, it's been, it's been great, man. I mean, obviously we didn't know what to expect. Um, New coaches coming on board, you don't know what their policies are going to be, what their relationship with the media is going to be like. You anticipate at least initially them to be, um, somewhat friendly so that they could, you know, be received well and have some nice stories written about them. But once you get to practice, you kind of find out how things are going to be. And it's been uh, a pleasant, not necessarily surprise, but just change in um, the way things are done under Napier. Uh, you know, media gets to be at every practice. We don't get to watch the full practice, but we get to at least set foot inside set our eyes on the players, get to see where things are at with players that are injured, if there's anybody, you know, at a new position, or which has kind of happened a lot this spring. Um, but more than anything, we just get to be in the team setting around the players and the coaches. And, you know, the, the best thing about it is they haven't been really, um, you know, they've been really welcoming to us. They haven't looked at us like the enemy or <laughs> – you know what I mean? Uh, it, so from that standpoint, it's it's been a, it's been a nice change. Yeah, definitely. And when Napier got here, he spoke so much about his attention to detail. Scott Strickland spoke about it at great length. And I feel like you're seeing that, especially with something as grand as the media is something someone who had restricted access in the Dan Mullen regime. What other little details are you noticing that he kind of acknowledges that the previous regime did not? Well, I think that discipline is obviously a big theme that we've heard not only Napier but um, a lot of the players talk about that's just something that you know the the last staff you know according to the players didn't really do a good job of instilling within the team is that discipline Um, and I I think that that's something that Napier has tried to harp on and 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 so far the guys have been really receptive to it and I think that they're already seeing kind of a difference that it's made and just the day-to-day operations and how guys are being more responsible, showing up to 
you know, meetings and things on time and, and, and not kind of skipping out on stuff, which I think over time, you know, that's, those things pile up and they make a difference in, in your success. So um, I think that that's one thing that's, that's really been noticeable uh, in his first few months on the job. Yeah, definitely. And you notice that when the staff even pays more attention to the players, you know, you saw that they're moving their living situation just when they're freshmen from the keys complex to the standard, you saw the upgrade in the food. Obviously that was a major thing. They all complained about the parking. I mean, do you think that their like the efforts the staff is making towards the kids is paying dividends in practice from what you've seen so far? Yeah, because, you know, I I think that, you know, initially when you're, when you're trying to, you know, gain the trust and gain the respect of the players and, 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 and you're kind of brand new, to a, a team, you know, you're trying to get those guys to buy in and, and do everything that they can for you. And when you're doing things like going out of the, out of their way to improve the amenities and give them more food and give them parking and um, provide a bus for them to be able to get taken to practice, like, and save them that long walk. I mean, not a long walk, but I mean, over time, over the course of 15 practice, practices, after you've just gone for three hours, uh, and your legs are tired, it's a lot of walking. Um, so just little things like that, um, I think it makes the players want to show up to work every day and kind of go hard for this guy. Yeah, and trust me, I mean, I've been at this campus for the past three years. Parking is a pain in the ass. and I, wouldn't, I don't blame them for wanting to have to park. And especially since UF is so hilly and it's so hot out. I mean, I can only imagine doing that after a three-hour practice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I, I think that they even said at one point that um, – the, the, I mean, I don't say they said, I, I know that they said, and they did the research and figured out actually how many miles the guys were walking um, from the locker room to the practice field over the course of a year. And it was like 20 miles Jeez. that that they were walking um, to and from practice with all the practices that they have. It's and fast, workouts physical, that they aggressive. Like, yeah, I mean, and it's not just, you know, you got to think too, it's not just the, the actual padded practices. It's when they do workouts in the IPF. It's when they do, you know, some of the drills in the off season. Like there's so many times that they literally have to walk over. And again, it's nothing, maybe not as intense for you or I, when we're going back and forth to like Weimar um, from the Odome parking lot. But, but like we said, when you've just practiced for three hours or you've just uh, done an intense like workout where you've been doing suicides or whatever, like, I mean, it's that, that that's a lot. So I, I think little things like that they go a long way. Yeah, I mean, the little things that have really made a difference. It seems that players in general are happier with the new coaching staff. And uh, when Trey Dean spoke, I know you were there as well. When Trey, I was there when Trey Dean and Amari Bernie spoke, and I, th- I don't know who asked them, but someone asked them, you know, what's the big difference that you've noticed from the Moen regime to you know to Napier. And both of them kind of agreed it was the structure, it was the overall plan, it was the organization of things. And I had I had never gone to a practice when Mullen was head coach, but I'd gone to my first practice uh, last week uh, during spring ball, and it just seems like the energy level and the structure of the practice is really impressive. How would you compare sort of like how well organized it is and perhaps maybe the energy of it and you know, compare it to Napier than it was with Mullen? Um, I mean, you know, just honestly, in general, the way that Napier runs his practices is a lot um, more efficient and more of a well-oiled machine right. than most coaches, not just um, 
you know, comparing to the last one, the last few ones that Florida has, like he just does a really good job with his practice plan and structure. And a lot of that, as we know, comes from the guy, comes from the man, and that's Nick mm-hmm. Saban. So he's that's one of the blueprints that he's kind of taken with him, first to Louisiana and then and now to Florida. And, I mean, it's, that's one thing that I've, like, heard multiple people say this spring is how these guys do not waste a minute of practice. They don't waste a blade of grass. They use every single part of the field. There's constantly um, stations going on that guys are running. There's nobody standing around. You're always moving. You're always either in the drill, getting ready to go next in line, or you're running to another station. Nobody's sitting around, um, which, you know, you probably get at a lot of practices maybe at some places. So the fact that he's found a way to be efficient with his time and make sure that somebody's always working, um, it's it's definitely got these guys conditioned, that's for sure. Yeah, so you're talking about conditioning. And um, so we had our pro day the other day, obviously, and our good friend Zach Cohen tweeted out some 40 times that led to uh, some not-so-nice quote tweets about, about the speeds of some of those. And so with the new strength and conditioning staff that Napier brought in, there seems to be – more of an emphasis on you know speed and running, which all, pretty much every great UF team in the past has been built on speed, right? And so, what difference you know in terms of that have you been able to see? Um, well, I, I think that that was interesting to see. Not only Mark Hockey say that, but some of the players say that is like, yeah, these these guys are trying to get us leaner. They're trying to get us faster. They're trying to get us in better shape. Um, and I think. Some of that is because that's part of their regimen. That's part of their training program. I think some of that is also because Florida didn't have a lot of team speed last year. Um, and, and that was evident on defense. That was evident on offense at the receiver position. Um, and I think that that's something that they wanted to address and, and kind of focus on in their offseason program. Now, they're going to have certainly more physical workouts and I think some things that are geared – more towards that as we get closer to football season but right now that is something that they've really harped on and um you've already kind of seen some of the effects of that with just the way that guys look in practice already and and how some have slimmed down and just kind of changed their body um and and instead of bulking up and, and getting huge and muscular like we saw with some of those old photos coming out of the savage workouts like these guys have leaned down, um, and certainly they're trying to do that with Desmond Watson. Yeah, he's a big boy. And I, I want to talk about the pro day a little more. Speaking of pro day, you know, Damian Pierce kind of fell victim to a split backfield last year. But we, you can make the argument that Florida has four running backs that deserve to see the field this season. So I just want, kind of wanted to see if you know how they're going to go about this, if they have a plan for this. Because, I mean – it almost in a sense last year, the split backfield was detrimental, but we have four guys who deserve to see the field this year. So I just, I'm curious at how Napier is really going to attack this and running backs coach to barge Luke. Yeah. I mean, obviously I think number one, there's no doubt that not only with what Napier has kind of done at Louisiana, but then also what Florida just has personnel wise, that they're going to run the football. And like, that's going to be the strength of their offense. That's the strength of their personnel. That's probably their best position group um, overall, top to bottom. So I, I think because of that, that's what you're going to see them 
you know, harp on. And that was always something that, uh, you know, was a bit of a, you know, I mean, not a bit, a, a big concern or big complaint last year was how they could not get a healthy rotation there at the running back position and maybe distribute those carries in the way that people felt were deserving or most appropriate. And that's something that could never get worked out. I, I don't think that that's going to be as big of an issue with the staff. One, because I think they're going to run the ball more. Mm-hmm. Um, two, I think that they're going to do a better job of feeding the hot hand and giving the guy that should be getting the bulk of the carries the bulk of the carries. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And we're big Demarcus Bowman fans on this podcast. How has he looked at practice? I mean, is it true? Everything that's been reporting, is it true? Has he really been one of the best running backs on the field? Well, I mean, you know, there's really only three that are there. So, um, you know what I mean? Like, to me, I I don't think that you really can separate. I mean, you can separate them in terms of skill sets. But, like, I, I think that based on what I've seen and what we've heard coming out of practice, like, each one of those guys have done things to earn carries and be in the rotation this year. Mm-hmm. Um they were probably already going to unless one of them just really didn't pick up the offense or really struggled to make the transition with this new staff. But from everything we heard, that hasn't been the case, not just with Bowman, but with Lorenzo Lingard, who's kind of running as the starter at the running back position right now. And cause, and he is, he is the most, you know, seniority guy there, even though he hasn't played a lot, he's got the most experience. Um, and then Montrell Johnson, obviously playing, in this offense and with this staff last year, you figure that he's going to be in the mix. So um, I think that each guy kind of brings something to the table. Um, You know, Lingard is more of a – I think he definitely has the most speed out of the group, even more than Bowman. Like the straight line, he is is the fastest back and uh, also brings an experience element there in terms of, I think, just – being a little bit more of a, a veteran and, and, and being able to find the holes maybe a little bit better because he's, he's had a little bit more practice at it. And then Bowman's kind of more of your um, game breaker. He's He can do a little bit more in the open field and with the, some of the elusiveness than Lingard can. Um, he'll make you miss, and he's he's got the speed to go with it. And then Montreal Johnson is just an absolute kind of bowling ball. Mm-hmm. You know, he's like five foot nine, but he's like 220 pounds. Um, so he kind of packs the punch and, uh, each one of those guys kind of brings something to the table. Yeah. No Montreal, the way you describe him sounds a little bit, uh, Damian Pierce-ish almost. And Lingard's a guy who I've been, I'm really rooting for this season to break through. Cause I've been following him since, uh, I was in high school, you know, back when the hurricanes recruited him. But, um, any, any good running game obviously hinges on the O line. And so we talked on here a couple weeks ago about some of our bigger question marks, um, and, you know, it seems like the starting unit up front, you know, that offensive line, probably we can trot out five good players, but I think depth um, is seems to be a big concern. So are there any, you know, uh, younger guys, some depth pieces that have, have, have stood out during stand, during spring practice? At any uh, specific position or just in general? Um, on the O-line, but in general, too, because we also kind of had the same concern with the D-line, given that, you know, Desmond Watson probably won't be able to play. Sure. No, no, no. <laughs> All the snaps. I mean, like in terms of along the offensive line, but I mean, I think that just in general at those five spots, um, you know, they're 
they're really, I, I still think, looking for some guys to emerge, honestly. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I mean, you already kind of know what you're getting with Josh Braun, but I think that um, with the addition of Osiris Torrance, he might potentially be the odd man out um, uh, with the starting lineup and um, be like that six that six lineman, which is um, which is crazy to me because I I think that he might be one of Florida's best five, but just in terms of like how he fits in or, or, or how they get their best five on the field, that's you know that's something I think that's worth monitoring. But behind them, you know I I think that Richie Leonard is a guy that has the ability to kind of take that next step this spring. Um, a guy that's played guard, a guy that's played center, um, you know, not necessarily a young guy, but Michael Tarquin, I mean, this is his opportunity to kind of go from backup to starter. Um, doesn't have a lot of competition at that right tackle spot, but um, he's kind of a guy that's obviously seems like he's emerged there. And um, no, I mean, they, to be honest, man, like they're, I, I still don't think that they are really have identified, you know, the linemen that they can count on beyond maybe, you know, the top seven, eight linemen. Um, I think beyond, you know, beyond that, it's just a lot of youth, a lot of inexperience, a lot of guys that haven't really proven much at this level. Um, and that's not to say that they can or they won't, but it's, I also wouldn't be surprised to see Florida maybe still try to add a, a player or two in the portal um, if there's somebody available at, at that position. The man said it himself yesterday. The University of Florida is going to be very aggressive in the transfer portal. He said. So you expect them to target offensive linemen. Are there any other position groups that you think they're going to be targeting in the portal before we even get to next season? Yeah, I mean, I think offensive line is a little bit down the priority order. Um, uh, I just think if there's a guy there that is just, you know, a really solid right tackle or um, kind of more of a uh, a guy that maybe won't start right away, but is, is more of a developmental guy that they feel better about providing depth than some of the younger linemen that they have. They could go that route, but I think clearly you're looking at their roster right now and, and some of the issues that they have. Receiver and tight end is definitely probably going to be an area uh, that they focus on in the portal. Definitely receiver. I mean, they have some help coming in at tight end. Um, and, you know, they will get Nick Elson is back and, um, you know, John Odom back at some point from injury. So, but receiver, they, they have to address. I think that despite the number of DBs that they have, um, they're still, as I mentioned, kind of looking for some some better depth there at safety. And so that that may be another position that they, that they uh, look out for. And then I think the last one um, – where they could potentially use another guy as inside linebacker. Um, you know, you do have Shamar James coming in, so I don't think that it's a huge need. But, um, you know, if, if they feel like they need another another guy that they, that they have to have count on this year, then, um, I mean, I, I honestly, I think from a fan standpoint, if you're looking at it, you know, you would, you would want to hope that they wouldn't have to go that route and that Derek Wingo or Scooby Williams or one of these, Duwan Black, obviously, can kind of take the reins there so they feel like, you know what, we don't need to go get another inside linebacker. But all those guys I just mentioned are unproven. So 
we don't know that for sure. Uh, and we'll probably be able to tell based on the moves that they make after the spring. Mm-hmm. And so you talk defense a little bit, and I was wondering, um, you know, how, how do they seem to be adjusting to the new scheme defensively in practice? Really good. Um, you know, one thing that I had heard um, kind of pretty early on and pretty consistently is, and not that there hasn't, this hasn't happened at all, but like I'm sure it has, but there hasn't been a lot of busted coverages. Um, there hasn't been a lot of guys in the secondary that seem to um, have issues with their assignments or not know what they're supposed to do or have trouble communicating some of that stuff to the linebackers and people in the front seven. And, you know, that that's really been something that's been noticeable is, is how well these guys um, seem to comprehend this scheme a little bit better than the last one. And Todd Grantham's scheme was very hard and very difficult um, to comprehend. So, like, it's not too much of a surprise, but it, it is something that's been noticeable, you know, pretty early on. And obviously Patrick Tony is a forward-thinking coach and a young guy that um, I think that, that these players relate to a lot better, honestly. Yeah, definitely. And I want to take it back to what you said before about the receivers. And is there a guy you see on the group, on the wide receiver room, that could potentially break out and have a huge year for the Gators? I know I have one in mind, but I'm just curious to see what you have to say. Um, I mean, beyond the guys that are supposed to uh, start, like, you know, Shorter, Whittemore, and, and Henderson, um, all those guys need to have huge years, obviously. Um I think DeQuavion Frazier's is, is one that um, I think could be a dude this season. I think he could push for a starting role. And then the other one that I've actually uh, seen and heard some positive things on is uh, Dejon Reynolds or Dejon Reynolds. I'm not sure how to pronounce his first name, but he's a guy that's already now running with the second team. He's been getting a lot of reps uh, this spring, a lot more, I think, usage at the receiver position. And I think he's made the most of it. He looks pretty smooth out there uh, running routes. So he's those are two guys. I think Frazier's um, and uh, Reynolds that I'm kind of keeping my eye on. Yeah, the guy that I was thinking of was Marcus Burke. I mean, Burke, yeah. still stuck on the third team. I guess they don't have a third team. It's still stuck on the second team. No, I mean, I mean, he, no, he is like what you said. Uh, Napier said yesterday they don't really have a third team anywhere, um, but. Yeah, I mean he's 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 still kind of running with the backups, and and he's another guy that I, I mean he's if you're looking for somebody to like provide that next deep threat and 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 kind of be a guy from that standpoint, he's he's the one that you kind of circle there because um he showed that against South Carolina with the two deep balls that he got, and that's just I mean he's just that type of receiver, and that's kind of his way I think to see the field pretty early. Mm-hmm. And so the three of us on here and uh, some fans, callers maybe to WRUF, have one guy circled who we'd all love to see break out, and that's Fenley Graham. And so we've uh, heard some rumors that he might be practicing on offense. How um, how has he looked? Well, he's definitely practicing on offense. He has made that full-time switch to receiver, um, You know, obviously trying to get a little bit more speed and shiftiness at that position is, is kind of what went into that move. You know, you're looking at a guy that's a – kick return specialist and that's really what he thrives at so it would only make sense that he should be provide that slot position um however 
you know, I, I don't, I, you know, our caution fans don't get too excited or get, you know, have too high expectations right away because this is a guy that literally just switched to receiver, and he does not have um, a lot of experience there. His, his, he has a lot of development that has to happen at that position. Honestly, I think before he's going to be ready to contribute. Um, I, you know, I, I think that that could potentially happen, um, but I don't think it's going to be in the near future. Um, I still think that his best bet, at least right away, to make an impact is going to be as a returner on special teams. But the fact that they've got him away from the safety position, um, which I don't want to say he didn't have any business playing, but I just I just don't think that, that he was going to be able to make the impact there that he could potentially provide on offense. And for that, you know, I'm glad for him that he was able to make that move. Yeah, definitely. Just get him out on a kick return once. I promise you the entire swamp will go crazy. Mm-hmm. I I do not doubt it, Sam. I'm telling you. That that kid's electric when he gets the ball in his hands. You just got to get the ball in his hands. And that was one thing he's been struggling with in spring was drop. But that's to be understood because he's really never played receiver before. So it's new to him. Yeah, it's a good point. And he's really an electrifying player. I worry a bit about his size and, um, you know, how he might fit at receiver as far as, you know, the tough grabs to make that you're going to have to make when you play receiver. But I think the main position that most people are circling and are caring about and are thinking about is, of course, always the quarterback position. And, I mean, coming into the year, I thought it was a lock and still think it's a great chance that Anthony is your starter come week one, and I'd be surprised if he loses that job because it really is his job to lose. But when I saw practice, it was – I mean, Jack Miller's been very impressive, as everyone's been saying. So, you know, is there a real quarterback battle here, and and, and can you see a chance where where Jack Miller actually does win win the battle? I don't see a chance where he wins the battle, but I do see a scenario where Anthony doesn't, you know, play well enough to – you know, uh, I, I don't want to say necessarily get benched, but like I could see a game where he's, you know, because he's still, again, I mean, Anthony is a guy that still has to develop as a quarterback and it still has things that he needs to work on. Um, still very, you know, young in terms of like what he's been able to, to do in, in terms of a full body of work at the college level. So like, you know, he's he might still have another, you know, multi-interception game in him. Um, and I, I think that that's something where if he struggles from an accuracy standpoint, from a, um, you know, just, just, just kind of delivering the ball, if he's having trouble with his mechanics or whatever the case may be, making errant throws, like I think that's where Miller has an opportunity to, to potentially make a move or get an opportunity um, just because those are some of the things that he provides. He's really – accurate with the football he's a really he throws a really nice ball um you know he's, he's a much more polished passer than anthony is he doesn't have the arm that anthony does but he's a more polished passer so um he is clearly the backup quarterback over the other guys um and because of some of the strengths that he has and some of the weaknesses that ar has that's what you know at least you know, created somewhat of a competition, even though it's Anthony's job to lose. And that reminds me, really, because we saw so often that Dan Mullen loved to play two quarterbacks in the same game. And really, I think the way that they play, they almost have 
complete opposite strengths and weaknesses as far as what they can do. Do you see any scenario or any possibility that Napier might even try to play two quarterbacks in a game, kind of get a little funky like Moen liked to do? I don't think so. Um, I don't know enough about his history um, from that standpoint to, to know if that's something that he um, would like to do. But, I mean um, – you know, I, I think that he would preferably like to have kind of one guy be the guy. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, Zach, you've been around the block, obviously, in, you know, our shoes at one point being a uh, Weimer student here. And so you've seen a lot of Gator teams, a lot of Gator coaches, and a lot of spring practices, right? And so what, you know, does this team so far in spring practice give you, you know, a 7-5 and five vibe, an 8-4 and four vibe? Basically what I'm trying to ask you in a roundabout way is put you on the spot and give – your early record prediction. Yeah, I've had a couple people mention that to me this year, not on a show or anything. And um, my my response to that is, I can't give you a record prediction <laughs> on Florida right now um, because I don't know what their 2022 roster is going to look like come fall camp time. Yeah, that's fair. And, and I hope that it looks somewhat different I, than it does now, and I know most fans just do Just be too. Brian it, Kelly. That's all I ask for. It's going to look very different. I mean, yeah. it, I mean it's it's not going to look significantly different. I think it could look. I think it could potentially look significantly different um, with some additions. Mm-hmm. Um, it is going to look different with some uh, departures. There's no doubt about it. And Billy Napier basically said that we are approaching double-digit transfers that are about to occur. So, um, because of that, and because of the transfer portal, and because now, football rosters for the fall are not complete after National Signing Day um, and when teams are in spring. They're, they're really not complete until you get to fall. And, like, you're actually you're, – you're, your guys are enrolled in school, have started classes, and are about to begin training camp. Like, that's when you really can have an idea of what this team could be because Florida could go out in the portal – as Billy said, with them being very aggressive, and they could land, you know, three to four impact guys that totally change the the makeup of this team. Um, so I'll reserve judgment there. I mean, I definitely think that this team is looking at right now multiple losses if, if they don't get some of those pieces in the portal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, hopefully at receiver and D-tackle for me personally. I, I would love to see a couple additions. Yeah, definitely. I'd love to see a couple of additions, too. And just a quick question before you go out. I mean, like we said, you were a student sitting here in Weimar just like we were. What were some of your favorite things to do around Gainesville and UF campus? Um, man, I love hanging out at the Hub. Um, that, was the, that was the spot. Um, you know, I definitely liked making my way over to, um, you know, Swamp area and, and, and things like that. And uh, honestly, man, Weimar was between Weimar and, and, and Wright's Union, like we have a pretty cool area to, to kind of just be at and stay centralized. We don't really have to go a lot of places around campus. So those are most of the hangout spots. And then obviously working my butt off uh, on the practice fields and at the stadium. Yeah, definitely. I always like mm-hmm. to say that the Pollo Tropical at the Wright's is my favorite restaurant in Gainesville, which I'll probably be going there after this, but yeah, exactly. Right. Thank you so much, man. We're really looking forward to your continued coverage on On3Sports now. 
And we're just excited for football, as I'm sure you are. Thank you so much for making this work, man. We're we're very happy we got to have you on. No, no, for sure, man. Thank you guys for for the invite, and uh, I share your excitement for the game, man. It's it's gonna be fun to see what the team looks like. Yeah, that Utah game is gonna be crazy. I keep, oh, I yeah. keep telling everyone that that's gonna be the best game of the year. Mm-hmm. I'm excited. All right, fellas, take care, man. Appreciate right. you, man. Thanks, Thanks. Thanks. For your spring game. You too. All right, see it. Yeah, there you have it. That was Zach Albuverde. He was me and Jake Lehman's professor last year. He's an adjunct professor at the University of Florida. He be teaches sports recording. We got Jake to will. break him in as a professor. We were the first class yeah, he we, ever taught. Yeah, we were his first students. Great professor. You know, very understanding towards mm-hmm. the student. Gave us some cool assignments. Actually took us to Gator baseball practice. And now that Billy's being so media friendly, Big Well, I'm sure you'll be able to go to a Gator football practice. Oh, yeah. I mean, during the fall, that's definitely uh – it's pretty cool. It's the way to be. Yeah, definitely. And speaking of the way to be, the way to be is subscribing, liking, following, doing whatever the hell you do on social media to the Won't Back Down podcast. We are on Spotify, Apple Podcasts. We are on Twitter. We don't have an Instagram. I don't know why we would have an Instagram. We don't have a Facebook either. I don't support Mark Zuckerberg. But <laughs> no meta. No meta. No metaverse. <laughs> Completely locked We, we out like of to the live metaverse. in the real world. But yeah, continue to support us, you know. Luckily, now we've had two guests. We're going to keep trying to get more and more on. We're going to keep bringing on some of our friends as correspondents. I already know one of our senior college basketball correspondents is – actually, he's the junior college basketball correspondent. Wait. Coach wants to come back at some point. Ryan Coach, yeah. junior college basketball so who's correspondent. The, who's the we'll get him Edelman claims he's Edelman the, the senior, senior one okay. and that Kushner's his assistant. But Kushner did not like that. <laughs> they both gave great Well, if they're college basketball they analysts, we got to get them We've got a bunch of people who want to come on. Like, Panich wants to come on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. there's going to come we're, a certain point. Yeah, we're going to have to cap it off at some point. You know, like the Dalton line, like, from a few years ago in the NFL, if your quarterback is better than Andy Dalton, he's a viable starter to keep going forward. If he's worse than Andy Dalton, he's not. I think we might have to draw somewhat of like a Kushner so, line. So what's like the line, Kushner or Edelman? I feel like they're a fair line. Yeah, they're a you fair know? line. So who fall, does Panis fall above or below that? I think he, I don't know. <laughs> he might be below. What does he really have to bring here? You guys would know better than me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, we're going to try and continue to bring you content. School year is almost over. Kind of sad. Lehman's going to be going into his fifth year. Me and Big Will are going into our senior year, our swan song, all of our swan songs here at the University of Florida. One final year, one final roll. The last dance, hopefully. Couldn't miss next football season. (laughs) Oh, man. It's going to be fun. I mean, the thing about, like, next season is that any year with a new coach is fun because the losses, if they're close, feel like, you know, I don't want to say wins, but in a way, you know. You're building building something. It's going to be a lot of spin zones. An 8-4 and would be a fun 8-4 and as opposed to, you know. I also, I'm excited to gamble on college football again. That's always fun. It makes a Saturday. It is the one sport that I actually do bet on. Now, college basketball is a great sport to bet on. I, I've been doing pretty well in the tournament. It's tough. Yeah. College football well, is. My bracket is. So also, speaking hardest. of our college basketball correspondents, our senior college basketball correspondent wanted me to point out that he did get the final four correct, which is not that impressive considering. Wait, he got all four? No, no, no. His final, his bracket's final four was done after like the first day. You mean like but he's, when he came, when he on, came on? He is very proud of the fact that he got his final four correct. When I think most of us agreed with him, I think I had UCLA over UNC, but other than that, uh, yeah. Well, my final four was pretty bad. Uh, I had Kentucky, and my bracket is one of the worst brackets I've ever created. I don't want to talk about. You're gonna have to do the Waffle House thing. 
Uh, luckily, I came in second to last place. Wow. Mm. I was not in that. Uh, Jack Shivertaker. Really? Finished last. That does not shock me at all. <laughs> and he will be eating a lot of waffles. In a Do waffle you think house. he consumed that many waffles? We're going to find out. You might just if not, he'll that. be there for 24 hours. Yeah, I mean, it's the 24-hour challenge, it, it, so it's the and, and each waffle cuts off. Cuts off one hour. Okay. So I ate at the Waffle House yesterday. You're 20 hours delicious. for Mr. Shivertaker is what he's looking at. Waffle House oh, yeah. is a great place to go when you have a hangover. Not when you have to sit there for 24 hours straight. I mean, I would disagree. What if you are hungover the night before? You got to sit there, bring a pillow or something, bring a laptop. You can well, no, I, I, the, if I, I like was a movie marathon before I had gone away this weekend and didn't watch TV any sweet, any uh, of the of the games this uh, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, I had accepted that I was in last place because I was in last place heading into the weekend. Somehow managed to work my way into second to last place with an extra 10 points, but I had devised a plan for if I'd come into last place, what I would do in the Waffle House. And essentially, you just have to accept the time. I'm not here to gain a ton of weight, so I'll eat waffles here and there, but I'll eat for meals, and then I'm just going to be there. Yeah, cut off, a, trim off a few hours. I'll do, yeah, yeah, no, yeah. You could watch the entire Lord of the Rings trilogy. I'll watch a movie, I'll get some work done, I'll play some games on my computer. You know what, it's not that bad. You see how far you get, can have go waffles in, here and there. You can get into Raft Wars. You could probably beat Raft Wars 1 and 2 in that time. I'm gonna play that uh, computer game I used to play during uh, during class in high school. The parking game. Oh, I love What's parking. that? It's just like parking. I was in park a car. You just park a car. Growing up on my like in middle school, especially because we had like pretty much every classroom had desktops in my middle school. Mm-hmm. I was a big fan of Run Two. Oh my lord! Yeah, I was trying to think of the name of that one, and uh, of course, Bloons Tower Defense. Oh yeah, of course, Bloons Tower Defense is lit too. Run Two. But yeah, Run Q Two. Cube Runner. Um, Bloons Tower Defense. Run Can't go wrong with awesome. any of them. Well, I mean, run two is a hell of a game. We're talking about Waffle House. Level 17 acid rain. Put it in the Hall of Fame. The three of us the other night were talking about how Gainesville, you know, as good of a college town as it is, we don't have any sort of Waffle House, like, 24-hour thing close to, uh, you know, Midtown, the bars close at, you know, one thirty. Hopefully you're out of there before then, but... You know, there's nowhere. Well, um, yeah, Wawa has become the go. Yeah, but it's place a standing place. We were talking. What our parents had a place. What was it? Skeeters? It was called Skeeters, and that's Mr. Potosa, who will. We we were talking about this last week, Big Will. We, yes. We're talking about potentially getting my dad on for reactions after every Gator game, seeing where that goes. That would be interesting. But no, I agree entirely. We need a cool twenty-four yeah. hour sit-down breakfast style deli that's place. Why I just think Boodles should be open twenty-four-seven. Oh my goodness, that would be perfect. The business they'd make, bro. Plus the Boodles food is like. Pretty mediocre, but when you're drunk, oh. that food would be insane. Oh, that breakfast food? Give me an omelet at 12.30 a.m. I'm all in. Their wonton that. soup all also is in. A1. They, hey, you get Asian food, too. You nah, can, my favorite. I'll get a side of pad thai with my yeah. bagel. I mean, it doesn't we get any better than that. Fun fact, me and Big Will, when we were doing sports in 60 last year, we used to go on breakfast dates to Boodles after we everyone. We did. Yeah. We did. But my f- new favorite late-night place in Gainesville for food, and I'm definitely going there later, the patio. The patio. Best slice in it's, a, it's a good scene, too. Best it slice in Wait, is yeah. that the one sort of, you know, in the middle? Downtown. Um, I'm going to be honest. I think five stars better. Dude. I got a slice there. And I didn't Dude. This is the one right where the apartment's being built, right? Dude. But it has a it's where It's where, like, Big Lou's used to be across from the range. Yeah, I had got a slice there. Didn't enjoy it. Really? It was, it was like a hard five slice. Star, okay, I understand you don't enjoy it, but five-star pizza. Five, when five you're star, drunk, five star pizza hits different. No, I'm just, oh my dude! Oh, I'm gonna try it again tonight. Are you going out tonight? Um, depends how I do on my story. Well, you can get pre-banded and not go till you want to. There you go. Yeah. We're, we're a shameless shill for Palomino's we'll on this podcast. Oh, yeah. Palomino's yeah. is the place. Backyard, to be. actually, but yeah. and backyard, yeah. and backyard. 
It was a good place to watch March, March Madness last week. It, ha- it was a good place. That UNC game was hype. As a UNC money line and spread better like myself, that was an electric environment. And, and before before I have to uh, get up and get going here for the back of this track and field meet, I, I, I think this is the greatest Final Four ever. Oh, my God. I'm so excited. You, yeah. guys, you guys want to make some picks for it? Might as well. Might as well. I'm, I guess I'll go first. Duke UNC fucking pains me. I'm on the big cat. Retire Coach K wave. But I got to go Duke. And then Kansas Villanova. I mean, I, I have a Villanova futures bet. I'm like a de facto Villanova Wildcats fan. I I love Colin. your background. It is my background. Great podcasting right now. My background is Colin it's Gillespie. Colin Gillespie. Mm-hmm. Uh, is it Gillespie? I, I don't. I have no idea. Okay. I'm, yeah. I'm a fan. We're not a but pronunciation podcast. I'm, I'm going to go with the, the Jayhawks. They're clicking at the right time. Remy Martin figuring out how to shoot the basketball again, and the tournament was huge for them. And then I'm going to go Kansas over Duke in the national mm. championship. Look at that. I'm going to go Kansas over Duke. By the way, you had Villanova, so you— I, I, can't, I can't pick Villanova. They lost like they they lost their leading score. I, I can't right. do it. I think they're going to keep it close. I like the spread plus four. I hope the Wildcats win. I'm going to be rooting for the Wildcats, and I like the Tar Heels too. Okay, I picked Kansas Duke, but I'm rooting for UNC Villanova. Fair enough. I I there's Couldn't nothing. Could we see a repeat of what was that 2017? It was no, that was the Chris Jenkins game 2016. 2016. Uh, yeah, Two of my favorite teams to root for in college. Yeah, that was it. One of my favorite. It was one of my favorite college basketball games. Yeah, it is Maybe the greatest. East. Yeah. I mean, potentially besides like last year's UCLA Gonzaga game. But people, uh, people forget sure Marcus Page's shot. People forget. People forget people that forget. all the time. Just yeah. like with the Chris Chioza shot, people forget the Canyonberry block before that on right. Khalil Iverson or the. The Seahawks, crazy catch right before yeah. the yeah. Uh, thing. Forgotten moments. Forgotten Awkward sports history. That's a good idea. Why don't you? Why, why don't I start a podcast like that on YouTube? Start a YouTube channel. Maybe, maybe YouTube when show. I take my sports capstone class, I'll start that. <laughs> I know a guy from Tampa, Florida, who's going to be at Gainesville. St. Petersburg. St. Petersburg. For like 10 years, who could help me? Like something like that. Yeah, but um, final four predictions. Uh, oh, and then Duke. I, I pick Kansas to win it all, right? Yes. Well. Duke UNC, obviously the storyline's all there. It feels like, you know, Disney ESPN set this up to happen just so we can keep talking about Coach K. It does feel I'm good. excited for Baco versus Mark Williams as yeah. a certified college basketball casual. I I have been watching those two all tournament. I love good big men play in the tournament. Yeah, I, I feel will. like I gotta move Duke on just because I think they have more good players. Their point guard, what is his name? K- Duke. Their point guard, Trevor Keels. No, Jeremy Roach, the the veteran Roach, Roach, Roach. Roach is the kind of guy. He's a veteran, and he's been on all March. Kind of reminds me of Trey Jones back when they made their last tournament run. A little bit, yeah. Was that Tyus Jones or Trey? He gives me Juzang. Which Jones was the 2015 Jones? Oh, Tyus. That's what I'm talking. That's what I meant. But uh, I'll move Duke on. Kansas also has more good players than Villanova. It seems at this point. Oh, but Villanova's a machine. I know. It would be cool to see Jay Wright beat Coach K to end his career, kind of like a change of the guard. The torch, yeah. But I think Kansas is better at this point. And then I'll pick Duke to beat Kansas. Um, Coach K on top. I, I, I agree. I would have picked Villanova had they not lost lost their best player. I'm going to take Kansas. He's not their best player. He's their best scorer. Okay. I, I, as far as names go in college basketball, I don't have the level of knowledge that you folks do. But I will take – I'm I'm big I, – I think this is – it's time. I think I, think, I just feel like – UNC is going to do it. That'd be lit. Uh, that would be hype. Tar Heels, I, mean, I picked them to beat Baylor. Yeah. Picked them to beat Baylor in my brackets. Like the one good pick I had this entire tournament. So I've been rooting for UNC the whole way through. And I think the Tar, I'm, I'm taking the Tar Heels. So I got UNC Kansas, and I'll take Kansas to win it all. Yeah. Well, I would just like to let it be known that our senior college basketball correspondent 
has put two and a half units on UNC Moneyline. And quote unquote, he is looking to put more. Don't you guys love how the blue bloods in college basketball actually all wear blue? Yeah, I and mean, then in college football, they all wear red. It's hard yes. to consider Villanova. Well, Villanova's one more of them wears blue. Villanova's more of a green and blood. orange. And orange. We're like barely. Like, you, you, if Billy was one still more here, natty, we get new blood. If <laughs> Billy was still here, we could have been called. Or if we won in 2014, we could have been considered a green. So blood. what? Are, so what are? So what are the blue bloods? The, the blue bloods basketball? are Duke. Oh, no, football. Football? Oh. Football, yeah. I, Alabama, it's hard to call them blue USC, Notre Dame, Oklahoma, Oklahoma, Michigan, Miami, Ohio State, Miami. Ohio State. Yeah, Miami's a Miami's iffy. losing their their blue bloodiness. But so uh, same thing can be said about us. Well, if you talk to, uh, yeah, but we at least will have won championships in the last twelve years. We're not a blue. It, the the people who really care about this debate would tell you that Miami they're not losing it. They never had it to begin with because they weren't good until the eighties. So realistically, so this is, this it's like Alabama. This is like Alabama, yeah. Oklahoma, Notre Dame, USC. Those are like the four. Those are like the big okay. four. Nebraska, Nebraska. I guess you yeah. could say put it five. Oh, Michigan. I hate, ugh, I hate ugh, to put them there, but ugh, ugh, get them out of here. I hate them. Maybe Michigan, ugh. Texas. Deba- it makes Steven Ross. Texas like and Michigan are two that are kind of debatable. Will, yes, Big I like Michigan. Steve Steve Ross. loves the University of Michigan. And, Ross. And oh yeah, yeah. Only positive things. I love Michigan. Positive vibes only. Propaganda. Yeah, you're soon before you know it, you'll be a Michigan man. Dolphins Michigan are going to win the Super Bowl this year, just FYI. Sh- should we do a five minute dolphin segment? We haven't had this time in a while, but the doll I have never been more excited with a, about a, a football team in my life. I've n- I can't believe it, dude. I, it's it's pretty surreal. I, and the fact that people around the league are saying stuff too. About, I mean, Sean McVay came out the other day and said, Look out for the Dolphins. It feels weird, doesn't it? Yeah, it's yeah just, literally, like it, it's all going to come down to quarterback. To it really is. It's really all going to come down it's, it's perfectly Hopefully. set up for him. Dan Orlovsky said basketball on grass. Yes. With Tua just It's literally, literally. It's Chris literally basketball it. on. He's, he, he can be our showtime. Baseball. It's showtime Lakers. Just get the ball in their <laughs> yeah. hands, Tua. It's all it takes. Speed. And I've been saying this formal offense for years. If you can get receivers who can do yards after the catch, a quarterback that can get them a ball, an offensive line up quickly. front. Quickly. Block them, the ball Get quickly. the ball out quick and move 10 yards at a time, 15, 10 yards at a time. Mm-hmm. Go quick. Up tempo offense, I think that's what we're going to do. Everyone's so concerned about the deep ball, but like Tyree Kill, he is one of the best run after. We're going to be moving receivers. 15, 20 yards at a time. Exactly. You don't need, you don't need these deep balls. I mean, no. sure, every once in a while, I think Tua can get it 40, 50, 50 yards down the field, and that's fine. And then Tyree will outrun everybody else. I'm so excited. I think I might have heart palpitations the first time Tua connects with Tyreek on a deep ball. I, I will cry. Or if the first time he throws the peace sign, I think I might faint. I will cry. That will be like, be, yeah. like the fact that he is on our team. Just the Showtime Dolphins. It's unbelievable. I, I can't. The believe deep ball is going to be fun, but what's really going to get me going is when he throws him his first twelve yard slant that he just what's outruns really the entire yes. defense oh, to the house. What's really going to get me going to be like, all right, wow. football season. Here we go. It's going to be like the first Javon Holland hit. The first time Javon Holland cracks someone, I'm just going to be like, all right, here In we go. It's football season. Just like it's unbelievable. Yeah, just uncalled for. <laughs> He'll probably get fined. He'll post some shit about it on Instagram. <laughs> like you know, you know, Javon Holland is a hilarious person on Twitter. He's got a bunch of memes. Yeah, he's really funny, and he's amazing at football. I one of favorite players. Gonna be the best safety Just, in the NFL one day. Mm-hmm. Credit to Flores for getting us to you know ten and six, and then yeah, was it nine and eight with up, with the roster that we had. Exactly. But I was going through the roster the other day. We have good. We have a good core. Finally, it feels oh like my there oh are my like God, eight guys who might make the Pro Bowl. Not that they will, but there's, there's like two. Should be there are two team. positions that could take the Dolphins from being on the fringe of the playoff team to being a favorite for the wild card, and that is, in my opinion, getting a middle linebacker and getting either a center or a right tackle. I think it, one if you right, could get two right. of those or even one of those, I think that would take this team in the next. There level. are a few centers out there that are worthy of. I, I but I really believe that they 
have hope in Eichenberg and or Austin Jackson at the right tackle spot. And I think they have hope in Dieter, too, from the way Greer was talking about him. We'll see. I would Center's like, the least important position I would like in the I would like a center. Yeah. Now, punter is. That's why we're going to draft Matter. Matter, yes. Oh, yes. my God. Yeah. Punt. We have a third want. round. We have there a third is, round pick, yeah, right? We have the late third Do round it. pick, just, 102. Just I, there is only one player in. in this draft I legitimately am draft crushing on and want for the Dolphins. Matter Reza. Matter Reza. We're not going to be punting very much. But when you do, pin him back. Let the defense make Check your pulse. (laughs) Check uh, your pulse if you're not fired up. That's going to be the theme of next season. And the theme of next season here on Won't Back Down is hope. We have hope. Hope. All of our teams. We have hope. We keep talking about how that Utah game is going to be the best game of the year. Fuck Brian Kelly. I refuse to call the LSU game our best game of the year. But I'm just excited. I miss football. I really do. Last year was the least excited I had been about football in my entire 22 years at this point of life. Yeah, we're going to spend all offseason you know, reading the message boards, all the negativity. Oh, can Anthony Richardson, you know... The rat can, poison. Can he read a defense? Can he hit a 10-yard rat? And then we're going to play Utah, and he's going to outrun one of their little slow linebackers for 15 yards, truck the safety, and we're going to... Uh, football's fucking here, and we're gone. Football's and here. And we're going to uh, be If we're talking about we're gonna what forget the moment for me that else. I'm going to know Gator football is here, probably, like, the first... Sack. Probably the first sack. Like, Brennan Cox, first sack of the season. He said he wants to break the sack record. That's not happening. Come on. Nah, that's not happening. You really think Brennan Cox will break the sack well, if record? If we played FSU Think about all the great edge exactly. rushers we've had here. You think Brennan Cox is If Brennan Cox plays like he did the last two games of the season, then yes, he will. But yes, he will. Because he was virtually unblockable. What do you have, admitted, like seven sacks yeah. in two games or something? He admitted that he took a lot of plays off last year. He's got to stop the run. The year. first step is recognizing He's got to get better in run support. I don't know, but, yeah, we'll continue to support. Mm-hmm. Go Gators. Yeah. Go Gators, fins up. It's all looking yeah, bright fins up. for our teams. Don't forget about the Florida Panthers. This is our year. It's crazy. We could really get three of the four South Florida teams in the playoffs this year. It's really exciting. The White Hot Heat playoffs are back. Football is returning soon. It's springtime, but I'm still thinking about it all day, every day. But now I have to think about track and field as I head back to the track and Yeah, field and I'm going to go – Talk some sports and eat some lunch with Steve Russell. So if you want to hear my voice, turn over to ESPN 98.1 FM, 850 AM, WRUF. Mm. Lehman, what do you got on the docket today? Go for a run. Oh. Good yeah. friend Ryan Shears coming back into town. Oh, nice, nice. Hillel, Shabbat. Oh, nice. Shabbat Shalom. Shabbat Shalom. Early Shabbat Good Shalom. Good Yeah. But, yeah, thank you guys as always. And as always, we will continue to not back down. Go Gators. Fins up. And let's go Wildcats. Thank you for listening to the Won't Back Down podcast with Will Levinson, Sam Patosa, and Jake Lehman, a part of the Pigskin Podcast Network.